The sound of the Puyuma tribe on Radio Taiwan International. Thanks for being with us here today on Radio Taiwan International for today's English language feature programs. Coming up ahead this hour, we will have Chinese Culture 101 with Paula Chow and Jukebox Republic Shirley Lin will be bringing us another selection of popular music. But let's get the week underway with Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. It's Monday, December the 17th, 2018. I'm Charlie Stora, sitting in the host chair today. I'm joined in the studio by Paula Chow. Hello. Hi there, Paula. And Jake Chen is here as well. Hi, Charlie. Hello, Jake. So today we're going to be talking about how Taiwan's top research institute, Academia Sinica, has set aside a budget to teach researchers ethics. We'll be hearing about whether there are toxic compounds in the waterproof clothing worn by the country's postal workers. And we'll be hearing about a woman whose dream is to stay unemployed forever. These stories coming right up. Okay, Paula, let's start with you today and tell us about uh, Academia Sinica and this new plan for them to introduce a budget to teach researchers ethics. Now, you would have thought that uh, this being Taiwan's top leading research institutes, that, uh, that, that they would have uh, fairly thorough grounding in ethics, but maybe not. So yes, much. right. They actually have a lot to learn, I think, because um, earlier this year, a a researcher there, I think he, he um, he's, I think he's, he's, um, he's a researcher on um, biochemistry. Um, that person is involved with um, the violation of the ethical code, uh, the academic um, violations, of academic integrity. So the academic cynic is planning to spend one hundred over one hundred and forty thousand U.S. dollars on teaching researchers and professors about um, ethics, about academic integrity. Actually, when I uh, you know, read the story in the newspaper, the newspapers um, you gave the story a headline. It's a, it's a lesson that is so expensive because it costs a lot. Hmm. And the academic syndicate says um, they will use the money, um, e well, each and every researcher there will um, take at least one hour class about, um, about um, academic ethics. And also they will um, offer a counseling and they will also publish e-newsletters about academic um, integrity. They will also hold seminars on, you know, related information. But I think that's, um, you know, they are professors, um, they are highly educated people. And then I, then personally, I don't, well, well, the academic city has good intention of doing that. But personally, I don't think that the money is worth it. I mean, it's not a huge amount of money, is it? It's not a huge amount of money, but... Comparatively speaking. I was right. going to say, yeah, like slightly over 100,000 US dollars. No, right. Compared to, I assume, what they spend right. on research in, in many different fields every year. Right, but I just think that's... Um, you don't think that's necessary? Right. That's probably not 
it, it won't work. So what was the nature of the violation that you mentioned uh, that this uh, measure has come in response to? You mean the uh, the, the guy who was involved with... Yeah. Uh, okay, I think there's something wrong with his research. It may have something to do with erroneous data, forged data, and also the conflict of interest. That's, that's usually the case, right? Right, these are grounds that I think uh, researchers are going to have to try carefully. Um, you know, I think you said he was... I assume it's a he, right? It's He yeah. was in... Uh, a petrochemical researcher, which is one of the top, highly uh, highly developed fields in Taiwan. Um, so yeah, I mean, any mistake, you know, uh, intentionally or intentional or not, it could could have a lot of effects down the road. So. Okay, well, talking about problems with chemistry, this is uh, a report that we featured a video on on Friday. If you go to our YouTube channel. Uh, you can find the video there or on our website, uh, english.rti.org.tw, you'll find this video too, that's uh, talking about whether the waterproofs that are clothing that is worn by Taiwan's mail carriers may contain very high levels of uh, toxic chemical compounds. This is something that a lawmaker whose name is Lin Junxian is uh, seeking to bring attention to. As it turns out that uh, from 2017, uh, postal delivery workers were issued with this waterproof clothing, uh, jackets and trousers, which contains very high levels of a chemical compound known as, uh, well, perfluorinated compounds is, is the name of, or PFCs are contained in this clothing. Now, uh, Li Junxian, he says that the European Union restricts the use of PFCs in clothing to one part per million, which that being the case means that uh, the clothes that uh, Taiwan's mail carriers are driving around in when they're doing their rounds every day are 92,000 times higher. Whoa. 92,000 parts per million, so like close to 100,000 times the the uh, levels that are uh, legally uh, uh, allowed in uh, the EU but Taiwan does not have any regulations concerning these chemicals any information on the uh, potential health hazards for wearing such a uh, yes uh, so the uh, what these pfcs what are known uh, they're a type of what's known as an environmental hormone oh. now what this means is it's a, a substance which if it gets into your body, it mimics the hormones that your own body produces and disrupts their function. So uh, there's a toxicologist, uh, Yen Zhonghai, uh, who was cited in this report. He said exposure to PFCs could affect your thyroid, your liver function, and produce harmful effects on the endocrine system. So as uh, the lawmaker uh, Li Junxian is saying, he said, this is basically our mail carriers are being slowly poisoned every day. By wow. their, their clothing. Well, I can't wait to see how uh, this. Um, you know, I hope this. This uh, it, it, clearly, this person is trying to raise some awareness on the issue. Uh, I hope somebody in the uh, you know lawmakers bring it to an upper level, and uh, it will get its due attention. Yep, and uh, you can see the report that uh, we made on this on our news videos going back to Friday last week. <laughs> Okay, I'm sure this is something that possibly we, we all might like to do if it were possible. Uh, Paula, tell us about a woman whose dream is to stay unemployed. 
Right, she's actually、um, a social worker, and because if she is able to stay、um, unemployed, that means、um, Taiwan's foreign fishermen are taken good care of by their、um, employers and also brokers and also by the government. But the situation is not the case because、um, in Taiwan there are about twenty thousand to forty、um, thousand、uh, foreign fishermen, and in, in Yilan County there are. Two thousand foreign fishermen. Now, this woman Li Lihua,、um, five years ago, she set up a labor union, especially for foreign fishermen, because she found that、um, quite a few foreign fishermen,、um, you know, are abused by their、uh, or exploited by their brokers and employers.、Mm. And she and a lot her, of these,、uh, they tend to be from Southeast Asia, Indonesia in particular. I right. think. Right. Well, Most of、I、them are from the Philippines and the Indonesia. Philippines, right. Last year, there was this report where a、uh, Indonesian fisherman who was working on a, a Taiwanese boat that was、uh, beaten to death. The report,、uh, the investigation is still ongoing. Right. So she wants to help them. Well, she's a, a gentle-looking、um, woman. However, the people、um, she has to deal with are wicked and ferocious. Well, guess what?、Uh, one day,、uh, her neighbor told her that, well, somebody is going to smash your car, and she said, well. Fortunately, I sold my car because she spent all her money. She sold her car,、um, just you know, because she wanted to help um, uh, those um, the foreign fishermen. And this woman,、uh, Li Lihua, she's a social worker. And last year, she actually received an award from the U.S. State Department. The award、mm. is called、um, "2017 Hero Acting to End Modern Slavery." So she was in the newspaper, and she said, and some people call her, well, the light of Taiwan. Like she, she has, you know, we are really proud of her. She has done a lot. But she said, well, it's hard to say whether she is、um, light of Taiwan or Taiwan should be ashamed of what you know some employers and brokers have been doing to、mm. you know exploit、um, foreign、uh, fishermen. And Lily Hua actually worked for the government for、um, four years. She worked for the、uh, Taipei City government, and but she felt that、um, she couldn't stand bureaucracy and red tape there. Even though she said her boss is really nice, and then、um, she said, "Well, she hopes that she can stay unemployed. That means no fishermen, no foreign fishermen will ever call her, and they have been taken good care of <laughs> by、right. Taiwanese employees." So that's what she said. What she wants to stay, her dreams to stay unemployed. Interesting. Yes. When you pitched this story, it sounded like I, a woman who was trying to sort of find a way that she could、uh, get along without having to to work. <laughs> just, travel, just the opposite. This is a woman who's actually working very, very hard and in a very good cause. Well, we are seeing,、uh, I think, a lot of international scrutiny now. Being brought to bear on Taiwan's fishing industry, and、mm. uh, some people would say, "Well, you know, and, and not not before time." As well as you notice there, the、uh, the award that she got from the U.S. State Department, and of course, we've seen the European Union has been watching very closely、uh, on Taiwan's、uh, fishing fleet and their activities,、um, illegal or un- unregistered fishing. I think、so、it is it is a, it is an issue. Yeah, they issued a yellow card, either a yellow card or a red card to.、Uh, The fisheries agency last year, I think. Yes, the yellow card,、right. and so and so the the industry's basically really had to tighten up since then to avoid that、uh, that sanction becoming worse. Okay, finally,、uh, back to you again, Paul. And tell us about a professor of cultural preservation who learnt her trade in Spain before coming back to Taiwan. 
Right. Well, she's a professor at the Tainan National University of the Arts, and her expertise is the conservation of cultural relics, especially oil paintings and sculpture. Well, she learned that when she was a、uh, you know a PhD student in Spain. She actually lived there for over ten years. Um, she she was born and grew up in Taipei, and she studied art in college, and then she went to Spain to study art history. And one day,、um, when she was still in Spain, a, a, a classmate took her to,、um, you know, visit a, a an oil painting repair shop. As soon as she walked in, she said she was stunned because she couldn't believe that you know those famous paintings about three hundred, four hundred years old. Old are right in front of her, and she decided immediately that she wanted to repair those、um, paintings. And so she stayed in Spain for eleven years. She got her PhD degree, and then she returned to Taiwan to teach the、um, the conservation of cultural relics. But she said that to repair one painting, it's not only the skills you learned; it's important for Them to learn、um, the artist's life, his works,、uh, his or her works, even history and culture, and only by doing so、uh, will she and other people be able to do a good job. And that's you know that's what、uh, you know she has been doing, and she has been teaching students about how to、uh, you know how to do the job. And she said that、um, her goal is not to re-、um, to. Make the painting look new to renew the painting. Is her goal is to make sure that these paintings remain stable. They won't get worse. That's you know her plan. And she's and what worries her the most is、um, is about is her students because some students who only learn the skill for one to two years they think they can do a lot of things, but the truth is they can't. So this is a story about. Well, in Spain,、professor. we had that story a few years ago of the of the woman, the amateur woman who who did the disastrous self restoration of the picture of the painting of Jesus in a church. If you、oh, recall, that went so very very badly wrong. So yes, she's very well placed, I'm sure, to to know that this is a job that should be left to the experts. <laughs> Well, thank you for being with us today on Here in Taiwan. Do stay tuned; you'll be hearing Paula in just a moment on Chinese Culture 101. Then that'll be followed by Jukebox Republic with Shirley Lin bringing us a selection of popular music. We'll be back at the end of the hour to bring you one more thing. But until then, I'm Charlie Starr. I'm Paula Chow, and I'm Jake Chan. Stay tuned. The Chinese character for home is divided into two parts. The lower part is actually a word for pigs. That's because the animal was crucial to the survival of mankind in ancient times, and pigs were raised indoors at home. You're listening to Chinese Culture 101. I'm Paula Chow, the program host. Those of you who tuned into our previous program might remember last week we briefly introduced pigs in Chinese culture. We mentioned that the pig farming industry was briefly cracked down during the Ming Dynasty, simply because the Chinese word for pigs sounds exactly the same as the surname of Ming Dynasty emperors. Pigs have long suffered a negative stereotypical image. They are lazy, ugly, and fat. 
We use words such as pig-headed and pig-eyes to describe people that we don't like. And during the late Qin Dynasty in the 19th century, a large number of unskilled and cheaply employed Chinese laborers were sold overseas. Those migrant workers were called zhuzai or pigs in those days. In Chinese calendar, next year will be the year of the pig, but the timing is not good. Last week, the Council of Agriculture texted the public, its message, a warning about pork products, is part of the government's efforts to curb the spread of African swine fever from China to Taiwan. The message says those who buy pork products online could be jailed up to seven years in prison. And people caught smuggling meat into Taiwan will be fined up to one million Taiwan dollars, or approximately thirty-three thousand U.S. dollars. African swine fever was first reported in Shenyang in northeastern China in August. It has since reportedly spread to twenty provinces. Thankfully, the government is doing everything possible to curb African swine fever. But I think this is probably not a good start to the year of the pig. Anyway, as we promised in our previous edition, today we will continue introducing pigs in Chinese culture. We will introduce two commonly used pig-related phrases. And who is the most popular pig in Chinese culture? The answer is Zhu Ba Jie. When translated literally into English, it means pig. Or pick of the eight prohibitions. Zhu Bajie, the pig, is a character in the famous novel titled *Journey to the West*, published in the 16th century during the Ming Dynasty. The book is considered one of the four great classical novels of Chinese literature. The novel offers a vivid description of a journey made by a Buddhist monk. And his three disciples to Central Asia and India to obtain Buddhist sacred texts. Zhu Bajie, a black pig, is one of the three disciples. He is lazy, fat, and ugly, and he has a piggy face and a human body. The Monkey King, another disciple, often called the pig a fathead. Zhu Bajie has an insatiable appetite for food, wine, and women. But he's also a reliable fighter, and is known for his fighting skills in the water. Before becoming a pig, Zhu Bajie was an immortal. He was actually the marshal of the heavenly canopy, and he was in charge of 100,000 naval soldiers of the Milky Way. However, because he drank a lot and caused some trouble, he was banished to the mortal world by the Jade Emperor. And he was turned into a half-man, half-pig monster. At the end of the journey to the West, the pig remained on Earth and was granted the title Cleaner of the Altars. The title fits him nicely, as he is allowed to clean or finish the offerings of the altars. That means he can drink and eat them. Because Zhu Bajie is such a famous pig in Chinese literature. That there is even a phrase related to him, which is "Zhu Ba Jie Zhao Jing Zi, Li Wai Bu Shi Ren." When translated literally into English, it means when looking at the mirror, the pig is not a person, both internally and externally. But the real meaning refers to one is bound to anger everyone, no matter what, 
or no matter what you do, you will make people on both sides unhappy. We also have another pig-related phrase, which is 人怕出名，猪怕肥 When translated literally, it means people are worried about getting famous, and pigs are worried about getting fat. Why is that? Because once you become famous, you are subject to scrutiny. And what's wrong with a fat pig? Well, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. And that's all we have for this week's edition of Chinese Culture 101, in which we introduce pigs in Chinese culture, particularly Zhu Bajie, the most famous pig. For any comments or suggestions, you may write to rti at rti.org.tw. For Radio Taiwan International, I'm Paula Chow. Just tune into Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin at Radio Taiwan International. Today I'm going to play some songs from artists whom I haven't heard in a long time, and I'm not talking about the usual ones like Ame or Jaezo. I'm talking about like Atu from Singapore, for one. He hasn't been around for like seven years. Before I say anything more about Atu, let's listen to one of his songs from his album, just released in October. This song is "I Will Not Hide." Me. 
都没放弃。That was Adu with the song "I Will Not Hide." You're listening to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin, the Radio Taiwan International. Adu is someone on the same level as Stephanie Sun, JJ Lin, and Tanya Chua, who are all famous singers from Singapore and have been popular with the Taiwanese audience. That song just now by Adu is so appropriate. I will not hide. Actually, it translates into "I should not hide. I should not have hidden." Um. Because he's been like missing from the music scene for seven years. Well, see, what happened was that、uh, years ago he shot the fame overnight, and I mean overnight, with songs like "He Must Love You," and he sings with this really, yeah, his singing is still so good. I mean, you know, you feel like just falling in love all over again.、Um, yeah, it's still the same; it hasn't changed at all. And、um, anyway. His voice is just,、uh, yeah. People just really like his hoarse voice, but I think it's better than hoarse now. I mean, he used to be more sounding more hoarse before. But in any case, in any case,、um, at the time he just shot to fame. But、uh, sadly, he couldn't handle the publicity, and I came down with anxiety disorder, and that was in 2013. So he was out of sight for seven years until recently,、um, just in October, he released a new album. Uh, with gentle coercing from his family,、um, he got married in 2016 with his girlfriend of 10 years and became a daddy too, and that seemed to change him a lot. Apparently,、um, his nephew, who's also a singer, said that Adu became happier after becoming a dad. And you should have seen a picture of him with his cute chubby baby boy, you know, propped up on his shoulder. But、uh, Adu has also changed a lot, as in.、Uh, Kind of a little chubby himself too, and、uh, his face is rounded out. No more of that young, handsome, long, oval-shaped face. You know that young women would, you know, get head over heels about him. Anyway, it's like he's saying with the song, you know, no more hiding. You know, he's not going to go into hiding anymore. Hopefully, we'll get to see more of him from now on. I think he's doing great because he actually gave a little public appearance when he came up with this latest album. Another song before we move on. This one would be "Men Ho Looking Forward." <laughs>
来就不是我的。那烟火太刺眼，受了点伤，不再想念，却有一份情感没有改变。你在每一扇门口等着我向前走。Well, the other person I'm really excited to hear from is Li Ronghao of China. He is a singer-songwriter, and he won the 2013 Golden Melody Awards for Best New Singer. His song "Model" was a real hit in 2013, and that was how everybody came to know him. Even I loved that song. But I think he's super talented because I like songwriters who have a way with unique song titles and lyrics. I mean, first of all, his latest album is called "Ear" or "Ears." You know. Like ear, e a r. None of his photos in the album are facing the front, and you don't get a full view of his face. In fact, all his faces are marred in some way. One with a bright orange light, and another with、uh, like a white colored pen scribbled across his face.、Uh, the rest are all different shots of his ear, if it's really his ear. One with a plastic wrap around the ear, and the other covered in gel, some kind of transparent gel, or. Translucent gel.、Um, anyway, sorry, that was all about his album cover, not about his songs. Well, I'll tell you more about his songs, but we'll stop here and actually listen to "Ear." How's that? The song "Ear."
着耳朵，直到心房里变得空空荡荡的，所有的感官都要变迟钝，茶饭不思呆呆的凝望着，只有耳朵不听话了，非要我听那首最爱的老歌，所有的情绪都要变脆弱，蓝素娇的眼睛却是走了。左右耳朵也埋怨着，最近好像少了些什么。谁的脚步近了？谁的脚步远了？我都竖起。Don't you just like that voice? I mean, man, that's just one of a kind, isn't it? It's really unforgettable. In fact,、uh, one time he、uh, was at this、um, uh, singing show where、uh, you know all the singers were supposed to wear a mask. I mean, this huge like mask, you know, covering their face, their heads, and、uh, and then they were supposed to sing, and then people were supposed to guess who's behind the mask. Well, there was no way that he could disguise his voice. And everybody, you know, from the first note that he starts singing, everybody just knew immediately that it's Li Ronghao. You know, that's just how unique his voice is. Anyway, Li Ronghao really has a way with lyrics and album titles. He had named an album before after an ancient Chinese poet, and even wrote a song about the poet Li Bai.
He also named another album, mm, like, mm. <laughs> it's a Chinese way of saying like, yeah, and and that's a song, okay. And he also wrote a song called uh, 就这样, which means like, this is it. Like, this is it, whether you like it or not. Anyway, a couple of years ago, he and Taiwanese singer Rainy Yang, uh, Yang Chenling, uh, started liking each other. And, um, but then uh, they tried to keep it secret, although they were not successful. After a while, everybody kind of knew about it. Most celebrities would just start to get upset and try to deny it, but not Li Donghao. One time, a couple of years ago, Rainy was uh, his special guest at his uh, live concert. And while she was singing, Lee just kind of went over and just kissed her hard on the cheek. Rainy was so shocked and embarrassed, like she couldn't believe what just happened. Lee all the while jumped and danced on the side like an excited little kid, you know, as if he just got a hundred on his math test or something like that. Actually, Lee quit school when he was younger and just wanted to play music. He's, he was like really bad at school, but ironically, I think he's really, really good in music. Well... Before Rainy left the stage, though, she gave a blowing kiss to reciprocate her love for him. After the concert, there was a press conference, and of course, everyone was on his case about what's with the kiss. Well, he was really cool about it. People said all of a sudden he turned from a shy boy into a real man. You see, Lee's generally very shy on stage. He's not all that handsome, but he's got these tiny, tiny eyes. He's not a man of many words, but he smiles a lot. And when he does, his eyes just disappear. It just becomes like two slits, you know. People say, unlike most conservative Chinese people, Lee is very open about his feelings, you know. You know, he, he's very mature at expressing how he feels. He coolly apologized for the kiss. He said, yes, he acted on impulse, but just wanted to give everyone a surprise. <laughs> That's what he said. Anyway, enough said because we are all really like his singing. And here's ending with another song uh, called I Know It's You.
春夏秋冬，人前人后有一些好受。死去活来，终究没有答案。Thank you for listening to our programs here today at Radio Taiwan International. Don't forget, you can email us. The address is rti at rti.org.tw with any questions or comments you have about any of our shows. Well, I'm Charlie Starr, back in the studio with Paula Chow and Jake Chen, and we're going to leave you with one more thing. So, Jake, the、uh, thermometer has dropped over this past week. Temperatures getting a bit colder, and it's around about this time of year that people start to say, "Oh, let's go and eat hot pot." We must eat hot pot. We must eat ginger duck and, or, and all kinds of uh, uh, spicy things, or at least some some nice warming soup to,、uh, to to warm you up. So tell us though about how many calories you might actually be consuming with this. Yeah, hot pots and calories. These are sort of the, the ending,、uh, never ending source of pleasure and and and, and pain in, in in a certain way, isn't it? I guess that's the point, though, isn't it? It's cold, <laughs> so you want calories. You need to heat up. Right. Uh, what are the calories? Uh, uh, might be a bit too much. Well,、uh, you be the judge. So here is a pretty interesting、um, list from Food Next,、uh, a local uh, uh, domestic website that aims to provide uh, uh, information on、uh, different nutrients and, in, and on different food ingredients. So here is an interesting list. So、uh, they listed、uh, the the website listed the、uh, ingredients、uh, on one side, and then. Not just the amount of calories contained in each, but also how much people like them. So this is a pretty interesting combination. So、uh, some of the information right here:、um, every dumpling,、uh, uh, we're looking at twenty six thousand, twenty six thousand calories. Wait, da ka is thousand calories? A kilocal, isn't it? Yeah, kcal. So twenty six thousand calories.、Uh, yes. Okay. Right, so every dumpling contains twenty six thousand. No, that's no, that can't be right.、Uh, yeah, that sounds calories. Just, calories, just、right. calories. Yeah. Okay, so、um, every dumpling、um, contains twenty six thousand, twenty six calories.、Uh, every meatball forty nine calories.、Um, every one hundred gram of bean product four hundred and seventy five calories.、Um, every one hundred gram of shrimp one、uh, hundred calories. Every hundred gram of sliced beef. No, that's over five hundred calories. And、uh, in every slice of sliced beef is five hundred calories. Every one hundred gram of them, yeah. One, okay, for one hundred grams, okay. So that's like not every single slice. Still,、okay, that's like、good. three slices. Then you're you're pretty much there. And also, the beef have the highest like rating. Fifty one percent of people like them, which is you know, I guess,、mm. rightfully so.、Uh, and then uh, every uh, block of duck blood. These are sort of um, uh, dark. Um, Black yes, big、uh, sort of rubbery cubes、yep. of,、uh, of of that kind of like a brownie gray color, aren't they? Yeah, that we are looking at twenty nine calorie per little cube,、uh, and then、uh, one scoop of ice cream,、uh, we're looking at one hundred and eighty calories. And this really surprised me. Okay, well, you can skip the ice cream. I mean, usually it's provided there. If it's an all-you-can-eat one, then they, yes, they probably got ice cream. But yeah, you could maybe skip there and skip that and give yourself some more beef. Yeah. <laughs> or this is really,、uh, I, I guess, surprising. So every twelve thousand one point two liter of soup, that's one thousand six hundred and twenty-eight calories. So inevitably, along you know, the different kind of food they eat in hot pot, you're gonna drink, you know, some of the soup. 
And I had no idea they contained so much uh, energy in them. This is a... Yeah, it's true. You can't get away from the fat by boiling it out because you're just going to drink it again with the soup that you right. cooked it in. I think boiling is... I mean, I think getting the fat out of the way isn't the, the, the point of boiling in this case. So, yeah. Um, you know, uh, I looked through the list. The higher, Basically, uh, the correlation is pretty high between the amount of calories contained in each unit and how much people like them. So the ones with lower calories, you know, your, your vegetables, your, your dumplings, mm. and like hovering between 20 to 30% uh, like rating, and your beef and your, your uh, duck blood, that's 40 to 50%. So yeah, I guess we're not. We're, we're there to stay warm, not to be healthy. <laughs> well, that's all we've got time for for today's programs. Thanks so much for being with us. Do join us again tomorrow when our shows will include Book of Odes, Status Update, and another edition of Here in Taiwan. But for today, on behalf of all of us here at Radio Taiwan International, I'm Charlie Starris signing off for the day. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.